All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Now release slowly. Again, deep inhale. Hold. Release. Repeating internally to yourself as you connect to my voice. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I am deeply 
well. I'm Debbie Brown, and this is the Deeply Well Podcast. Welcome to the Deeply Well Podcast. I'm Debbie Brown. This is a soft place to land, a show for the curious and creative who are ready to expand in higher consciousness and self-care. Welcome back to the show. Shout out to everyone that took some time to leave some really beautiful, thoughtful, heartfelt comments uh, in our Apple ratings and reviews. So really appreciate that from the last episode. That was so beautiful to read um, some of the ways that you've been connecting with this show. Last episode, we had a special meditation for 2024, really getting ready to not just gear up for the new year, right? But relax into the new year with purpose, with intention, uh, with desire. I'm really interested to know for those that connected to that meditation, you know, where did you land with what you're craving for this year, what you're desiring, uh, the ways that you're looking to surrender even more deeply into your life. So if you were journaling to that or, um, really giving yourself some space and time to let that arise for you after last meditation, uh, hit me up on IG, tag me. I would love to hear back about the top of your year. So we've officially begun uh, right now as I'm recording this episode, we're like mid-January. I also have an update. Uh, I have seen whales. <laughs> if you listened to the last episode, uh, I was whale watching in the Baja. And after I recorded the episode, I actually got to see my first whale breach of the season. And I was definitely like squealing in delight about it. <laughs> oh, God. It. Mm. So much joy. Nature, the world, God's creation just fills my soul with wonder and joy. (sighs) This episode, I decided I wanted to connect and do a Q&A. I haven't done one of these in a while. It is probably my favorite kind of show to do. Um, And I'm always just moved by the depth of questions and also some of the commonalities and similarities in the collective where you can really kind of track that some of us are really thinking and exploring thoughts and ideas that are similar uh, at the same time. I always love moments like that because for me, that really highlights why astrology is, in the words of Daryl Gaines, such a sacred science. I believe there are always things moving in the world that are connecting us, that are inviting us to release around the same times and inviting us to help to move humanity and purpose forward at the same time. And the more you meditate, the more you clear space inside of your heart and inside of your head, the more you open to your own creativity, uh, the more you're able to really tap into that energy center you're able to tap into sometimes some of that collective flow of advancement. You're able to feel where we're all headed. Um, So there's some very interesting transits coming into play this month and really throughout this year, still just kind of in awe at some of the auspiciousness that is expected for this year. Our 2024, the year 
numerologically is an eight representing completion, representing new beginnings. So keep thinking about that. Keep harnessing that flow and that energy as this year continues to unfold. Um, really the spring is where we get to feel that energy. It's funny. I was, I was reading about um, different calendar systems recently, and it's only in the last couple hundred years that we've been on this 12-month Gregorian calendar system. And there actually used to be a 13-month calendar system that we utilized that had the new year start in the spring, in March, which is also when spring equinoxes. And I mentioned this last episode, but this January isn't actually kind of the the felt start to our new beginnings. It's the start of the calendar year, but it's still the incubation phase. We're still in winter um, seasonally, which means we're still kind of encouraged by the universe, by spirit, by the seasons to be inward, to be inside of ourselves, to be reflecting, to be resting, to be kind of self-nurturing, nesting. And spring is when we rise above ground, when the seeds sprout, when the harvest begins, when the trees bear fruit. So if you're not yet feeling fully connected to, to your new year, uh, just know you're right on time. Know you're right on time. And spring is where that creativity really heightens and where more of that authentic, deepened enthusiasm um, will really rise out of us for our lives. So I am feeling this energy. I'm loving this energy. I wanted to share a couple of things that I've really been digging uh, at the start of this new year. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I take a lot of um, time away from connecting to pop culture or connecting to societal things um, <laughs> and connecting to like film and television and the pandemic for two years, um, the first two years of the pandemic, I completely gave up all television and all film. Um, a lot of kind of consuming of so many different kinds of things. I just stopped and I haven't really repicked any of that up with the exception that um, I've started connecting to some interesting shows and documentaries uh, recently. So I've been easing my way back into just finding things that feel more relevant, um, but still trying to kind of space it out from time to time. I want to, I think for me, uh, life feels a little bit healthier and it feels more nourishing and I have more space for my brain and my creativity and my heart when I don't watch television or movies. Um, but I say all that to say, <laughs> I watched a couple things I think you might enjoy. So right now, um, I really enjoyed watching the Netflix David Beckham documentary. I think it's about four or five parts. And it is a docuseries that he and his team, his production team put together. So it really is through his lens um, and through the way he experienced things. But it's just one, I love greatness in people. I love mastering people. So no matter what it is that someone has mastered, uh, I'm very into seeing their process and seeing who they are and also how they juggle a life of mastery or a life of fame and still connecting to their authentic selves because that is actually pretty rare 
you know, um, I've noticed throughout history that to be at high levels of fame, it's really an act of high service because it's, it's a tremendous sacrifice from being able to be yourself and being able to, um, experience yourself authentically without all the perception and preconceived notions of other people. And so I can definitely tend to be a little, uh, fame shy, not that clearly, not that I'm famous, but I really love and value my life. So the idea of kind of making it, um, open and accessible to the world, it's just not, it doesn't interest me. Um, our life is so sacred, you know, like we just really got to feel it while it's here. But I say all that to say for people like David Beckham, who achieve, you know, these feats of global world renowned fame and attention, it's really hard to keep a hold on who you are and to be yourself and to raise children and to, you know, have access to those deeper parts of you. And by watching his documentary, I could just really see how important that is and was to him and also how tragic it was to be truly a celebrity in the 90s and early aughts, especially. There's always been a strange dynamic with fame or with the elevation of people in general in society and in human history before we had what we now know as like celebrity, especially from entertainment. But there's always been that hierarchy. There's always been throughout history, you know, groups of people that you watch that greater collectives kind of use as archetypes to watch, to discuss, to dislike, to like, but people that you pour your emotions into that you can gossip about, you know, it's kind of how we're structured in society and how we've always kind of been able to understand the world on ourselves and reflect. But the nineties and the early aughts were something else entirely. You know, that is the prime era that we remember seeing, you know, the images of Britney Spears with her shaved head. We remember what happened with princess Diana and Dodi Al-Fayed and, you know, all of the really extreme experiences of people being chased by paparazzi. And it's like, for what exactly? For a photograph, like a photograph of them walking, you know, like there was such a frenzy that we don't really recall now on social media since so many of us give away our lives and our business just because. Um, And now on social media, when celebrities can really kind of, um, share themselves in their own ways um, and in their own timing. So we've forgotten that template that we used to kind of live in. And it was really fascinating watching David Beckham, Victoria Beckham and his, you know, his team reflect on the height of his fame and being able to see some of the footage. And it just, my God, it was just traumatic. It was so traumatic it was so traumatic, like being followed with your children on your way to preschool, drop off by a hundred paparazzi snapping pics. You know, it's like, my God, the toll that that takes on your mental health. Um, So just, you know, it's, I'm always interested in watching how society and humanity change and how quickly or how slowly some of these paradigm shifts take. But if you're into stuff like that too, 
if you like to be in existential crisis or, you know, in, in kind of analyzing mode in the ways that I do, um, I think you'll, I think you'll really dig that. I got a lot from it. Um, I was really moved by his connection to greatness. Um, I was also really moved by, and this is my view and it could be completely incorrect, but I really kind of saw the effects of the trauma of those experiences in his 20s and his 30s had on him. You know, you really see a sadness in him. You really see a, this is me without knowing him, right? So this is what I was taking from it. I don't mean to judge or um, kind of put words to his experience that aren't his, but you just see the physical and the mental and the emotional and spiritual effects that that had. And I just really, I just really connected to it. There was such a strength and resilience, but also a tenderness, a little kind of fear, a little shakiness about all of it. Um, but it was really interesting to hear and see it from his lens and also from Victoria's lens. And one part really <laughs> has me thinking, and for those that already watched it, um, you'll know what I'm saying, but towards the end of the doc, they're showing a lot of footage of them at home. They have a beautiful home, but you're seeing David like move around his house and the way he organizes his things and the way he cleans. And literally, it was like looking into a mirror. <laughs> Wow, like how he organizes his life, his closet, his kitchen, the way he cleans up is identical to myself. <laughs> so as I was watching that, I was both like, like, oh, yeah, I like the way. Oh, yeah, get those shirts up there. Um, <laughs> and then I was also slightly terrified because I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen myself this way. And is something wrong? <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, that is how my brain works. I love to organize. I love things to be clean and beautiful. Um, not in a way that really, I don't mind if other people are messy or, you know, if they don't clean up. I really enjoy doing that stuff. Like I really, really enjoy cleaning my home and organizing my house. <laughs> and beautifying my home and beautifying meals. So yeah, it was pretty cool to see that. So if you get a chance, check it out. Um, and if you've already watched it, I would really love to hear if anything that I'm sharing in the way that I'm sharing it was things that you were finding as well or ways that you were reflecting as well. So please uh, hit me up. Instagram is always a great place to do that. And also you can feel free to hit me up on email. Hello at DebbieBrown.com. Um, that's where you can send some podcast inquiries and such. So that's one thing that I'm watching and highly recommend. Another thing that I really am deeply enjoying uh, with my son, who's five, is this new docuseries on Netflix called Life on Our Planet. Um, it's narrated by Morgan Freeman, and it really goes over the history of our planet over a few billion years, but they especially focus on the last 500 years of human evolution. It is incredible. It's so fascinating. Um, it's so well done. Like the imagery, however they created this with AI or tech, 
I don't even know because it, like it's wild how incredible it looks um, and how incredible these animals that no one's actually ever seen before their recreations of them, how they did it. It's just like mind blowing. But the thing I'm really connecting to and watching that is I love to think about creation itself. And I love to think I'm often finding myself thinking about how often has God restarted creation? How often has God wiped our planet clean and started over? And those kind of questions have really been sitting inside of me for a couple of years, ever since I watched, um, what was that show? Jason Momoa, C. It's on Apple Plus. Uh, I wa- I did a binge watch when I had COVID a couple years ago. And that show is something else. It's incredible. Um, but it's about kind of a restarting of humanity 500 years in the future. Fascinating. Won't get into it right now, but it's an incredible show. So watching this show and seeing the scientific lens, right? Like we know biblically one of the times that creation was restarted, and that is through the telling of the story of Noah and the great flood. Um, And in a non-biblical lens, they kind of go over that time frame on the planet and many others and how many times and you know, I think they, I think I counted, they went over at least five different times that life on the planet became extinct and the topography of the planet completely changed. And, you know, there were continents where there were none and there were oceans where there were none. And, you know, going from having, you know, water in one part of the world to then an Android hitting. And now there is a dust bowl followed by a great flood in another part. And so, you know, it's like the world is always recreating itself entirely and plant and life on land and life on the sea is always being restarted. But there are these threads of commonality that go through some species and this thread of commonality that go through some forms of plant life. And so every time it restarts, life restarts slightly differently, but looking like structures that make sense to us. So it always kind of starts with green repopulating, right? New different species of plant life starting the ecosystem for life to be possible on land and in very much the same ways that happens in the sea too. And, you know, I really got the understanding that there are so many species of life on the planet right now, but we are all at different levels of our evolution. So some animals in the deep sea still look prehistoric because their evolution hasn't changed yet because no cataclysmic event has happened that's made it necessary for them to evolve into something else. Um, And then you have for us, you know, for instance, us humans who are at a high level of consciousness and our evolution has been very rapid. We've been evolving in our brains. So we've been evolving in our understanding, um, not as much in our physical bodies. Anyway, I can go on and on, but it's, it's a fascinating watch and it's really beautifully done. And even, you know, my five-year-old son quest, Hey baby, he is so fascinated by it and so moved by it. And so we've been kind of ending our night 
watching over and over again these uh, these episodes and learning about animals and learning about extinction and which that's like fielding a whole nother wave of questions from my son right now, which is just, well, when are we going to be extinct? And I'm like, well, baby, sooner than we thought, thanks to global warming, the great melt is coming. Um, yeah, so I think you'll dig it. It, It's... If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of six million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's fascinating if you're into that sort of thing. Deeply. Wow. All right, let's dive into some questions. So this is a Q&A episode. I've got you all caught up on things I'm interested in. 
But now let's talk about things you're interested in. So a couple days ago, I put up a Q&A on my Instagram at Debbie Brown. And I said, you know, send questions um, that you'd like to know anything about wellness, anything about me within reason, anything about <laughs> the journey. And I've got a few questions back that I want to dive into. So question number one comes from Bordeaux Neal. And she asked, I'm interested in cold plunge. Have you done it before? Oh, I'm excited about this question because cold plunging has truly been a really expansive healing, powerful tool for my physical body and for my mental health um, that I've been exploring. So I started my cold plunge journey probably a couple years ago, um, maybe actually closer to 10 years ago, I started doing cryotherapy when I was living in Houston and cryotherapy I'd go do. And I, it was a bit more challenging for me to get it done, but I started noticing the positive effects and benefits that it had on my mood and on my brain, um, so I enjoyed it, but I couldn't really bring myself to be disciplined to do it. Like it was just, uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> it was just too jarring to be that cold. So I took a break from that. And then a few years after that, I started going someplace that had a cold plunge, but it's, it's a huge one. So it can fit like probably 20 people at a time. So I started doing kind of cold plunge and ice baths a little more sporadically. And in this last year, I felt really called to build a practice around it. So I invested in getting my own cold plunge for my home. And the brand I use is Plunge, not paid to say that, did not get a discount on my plunge. But so far, I'm really enjoying that brand and what they offer. And so I got a cold plunge at my house. And in a guest room, I kind of blew out the shower and I put the cold plunge in there. So now I have a daily cold plunge practice and I will do cold plunge at 39, between 39 and 41 degrees, at least five days a week. I do it every morning. Um, I either do it before my son wakes up. So somewhere in the 5 a.m. hour, that's a little harder because my body hasn't warmed up yet. So that's usually whew, a little tougher. But then on, on other days, my preference is to stay in for at least six minutes. Um, what I found in that, in doing that, I've never felt more connected to my discipline, more connected to my body, um, being able to do breath work, which right when I get in, I start my breath work sequence and you kind of let your body surrender to the discomfort of the cold. And after a certain amount of time, you actually kind of... I find it to be a really pleasurable experience. Like there's something about being able to do it um, and kind of the strength you feel in that. And then also the effect it's having on your body, the effect that your breath is having on your body. But it becomes like very, dare I say, enjoyable and pleasurable to be in that 39 degrees. And the effect it has on my body, like I just... I suffer from um, chronic pain. I have um, an ongoing battle with back pain and some back injuries and for many, 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 many years. And so I'm always in pain. Like I'm always aching. 
that helps alleviate that. And that kind of takes some days of pain out of the equation, helps me sleep better, but it also helps me think better. The effects of that cold plunge are so amazing for my clarity, my ability to focus and my ability to be creative. So I just find when I start my day with that, I am moving through the day so much more aware, so much more alert. I have so much more dopamine coursing through me. I feel really enthusiastic, really focused, and I feel very nourished in my body and I'm able to get even better sleep. So I highly recommend cold plunge. There's you know, I kind of got into the practice and this is what I tend to do. I like to attune to something I'm interested in, see how I connect to it intuitively, try it, and then I might read about it. Um, but I usually use what I read to validate my own experience or to further supercharge my own experience. But I think it's really powerful to give yourself the space to rest in your body's own dynamic brilliance and intuition in connecting to new practices. But I say that to say also that there are quite a few books on the topic. Um, you know, Wim Hof is really recognized and regarded as kind of a pioneer in that space. So Wim Hof has books about breath work, about cold plunge, and he is an OG and a pioneer. Um, hope to get him on the show, actually. And there's a few other books that are around um, sharing practices in that. So if you feel called to it, definitely check it out. You know, another way that people utilize uh, and are able to glean kind of the same positive benefits from a cold plunge is by doing a really ice cold shower in the morning. Um, so I know a lot of people do that. That's not really my jam. For whatever reason, submerging my whole body into the plunge is actually easier for me than feeling um, ice cold water rain down from a shower head. Like I don't dig it, but that is also a much easier and absolutely much more inexpensive method to get the same benefits um, and to have some of the experiences um may have some of the experiences that I described. So yeah, check that out. If you feel called to it, it takes some time to get into and you have to really work with being gentle with yourself and not judging yourself. And when you first get in, if you need to hop out in five seconds, do it, but then get back in. You know, when I first started training my body to get used to the experience, it took about a week to like it. And I started by saying, just stay in the room. Like get in and if you have to get out in 10 seconds, get out, but don't leave and don't warm up, stand there and do what you need to do. And so in that first week I would get in, I might last 30 seconds, then I would hop out. And I mean, your body, when you first start, you have a very strong reaction to it. It's shocking. It can be a little jarring. So I remember just letting myself kind of scream and I like, I'm standing in that, <laughs> in the bathroom and I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm like, you know, shivering and I'm turning red and like, you know, my circulation is going crazy. And I was just like, ah, ah, I hate it. I hate it. Ah. And then I would look at the tub and I'm like, nope, you got five more minutes. Get back in. So I would go back and forth and do that, like get in, get out and scream, get in, get out and scream. And then finally you get back in and you can stay in. And then the next day, your body remembers that progress. So you get in and you stay in. 
So just be gentle, ease into it. No, it will not be easy, but it can be done. And eventually you'll click through and you'll move past that upper limit. um, And you'll really be able to see the benefits from it and hopefully enjoy it. All right, so there we were cruising through the new open air zoo when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue with its powerful DC turbo engine. Well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Deeply. Wow. Let's see what other questions do we have. Hmm, I love this question. Sabu D sent the question that says, how do you cultivate self-discipline and consistency? Thank you for this question. I think it's something we all can benefit from. (laughs) Discipline. And if you're like an OG listener and heard the first few seasons, like that is something that I had to actively actively build and create and be present with. I think for a really long time, um, I was always able to be incredibly disciplined in my career, like incredibly disciplined in work. I could work hard and work long and go for things. I'd be disciplined on behalf of other people. But when it came time to be disciplined for myself, for my own body, for my goals, for my brain on a personal level, I'd always give up there first. That would be where I was always kind of willing to um, deprioritize those things. And many years ago with two of the teachers that I've studied with, I remember they brought forth this idea, this word came forward from their work, which was joyful discipline. And I created this affirmation for myself every day where part of it said, I am joyfully disciplined. I am joyfully disciplined. Um, And I think it was something like in flow with my self-mastery. 
but just reframing the idea that I'm disciplined because this is something I really deeply desire. I want to have it. I want to know it. I'm craving the experience, even if it's quote unquote hard, even if I have challenges or difficulties in getting to it, because I really do want it. Can I see it through a lens of joyfulness and opportunity and not through the lens of lack? So I first kind of had to dive into the definition of discipline and really surrender and remove myself from equating the word discipline to lack. You know, I think especially when we're looking to be disciplined in things like, for instance, say your diet, right? You want to get more disciplined in your eating. The way you connect to it is all the things you have to give up in order to do it. So you're starting from a place of lack. You're starting from a place of feeling somehow hindered or maybe cheated out of having something, which can trigger a lot of things in us. It can trigger childhood wounds. It can trigger, you know, needs not being met. It can trigger against ways that you learn to self-soothe and cope. It can trigger, you know, ways that you felt like, why do I have to take care of myself so much? I've always been taking care of myself, you know, so many different things. There's a multitude of things that can are so uniquely individual. Um, but usually when we have discomfort with discipline, there is something deeper that can be investigated and freed. And so when you get to whatever that is for you, that's when it becomes more evolutionary and you have more space to approach discipline in whatever ways you wish to apply it to your life. So joyful discipline for me was a turning point, really looking at the experience as being in service to me and not triggering where I feel I have to now lack or sacrifice or give up. Um, I'll also say that for me, I interchange the word discipline with devotion. So looking at the things I want to do, specifically practices for my body, mind, and soul, I look at it from the lens of this is my devotional practice. I am looking to grow in my devotion to this. So even with, for instance, cold plunge, I look at my cold plunge as something I'm devoted to doing because I have yielded the results and I know how much they benefit me. So is it still challenging? Sure. Are some days more challenging than others? My God, yes. But I know the effects and I trust the effects and I like who I am when I do that. So I push myself to not necessarily say, be disciplined to do this, right? But I say, be devoted to this. I'm devoted to doing this. Um, I'm devoted to my practices and the way they uphold my purpose, the way they uphold my life, the way they uphold my ability to be my best self. Being disciplined, being devoted helps me in all the areas of my life that matter the most to me, um, especially my motherhood. You know, I'm devoted to these kinds of practices that help my body feel good, that help my brain feel good, that heal and expand my heart. Most importantly, because it allows me to be the mother that my child deserves to have when I do those things. It allows me to be the woman that I deserve to be 
when I do those things. Um, so investigate your definitions and then start to get curious about any limits you may feel inside, any charge you feel, any sadness or grief you feel around discipline, and just slowly start to investigate it and ask it questions. And then you come up with what feels best for you and start slow. You're not going to lock into your discipline in a weekend. You're not going to go from, you know, nothing to expertise in a month. You know, you're not going to go from novice to master in a month. So also look at that and let yourself slowly build this devotion, slowly build this discipline over time, you know, over the span of four seasons, over the span of a couple of years, there is no race to get it done. It's just continuing to show up. And I think um, also interchangeably with the word discipline, devotion can be interchanged with consistency, right? Like building that consistent effort, which is simply saying, I'm going to keep attempting it. I'm going to keep doing it. Even if I'm mad at myself about it, even if I'm judging myself about it, even if I don't want to do it, I will because, you know, we devote so much time and effort into so many things that don't serve us. Yet it can be so challenging to be that consistent with ourselves. And we should look at that and say, where can I apply that dynamic? How can I apply that dynamic that I'm able to give sometimes to toxic friendships, toxic relationships, jobs that you don't enjoy your love? How do you give yourself that same level of showing up consistently to yourself? Um, because that's the relationship that matters the most, of course. So I'm going to dive into one more question. Um, and then I'll try to do some more a little bit later this month in another episode. Um, oh God, there's so many good ones. I'll go with this question from educational wellness, which is how to lovingly urge your spouse to join in on your practices at times. So I'm, I want to first call out that I'm answering this question without knowing you or this person or your personalities or your unique lives and experiences, challenges. Um, so I will do my best with that in mind. But and I kind of want to broaden it out a little bit to um, the people in your life. But I think the number one way to get people interested in practices that you are finding to be really beautiful, healing, expansive, beneficial, is to just really focus on doing them yourself first. You know, don't really worry about bringing other people into it, especially if it's a partner, you know, depending on your partner's level of distance from these things. Sometimes your partner is going to be into it and you guys will begin the journey together and you know, kind of start and evolve in similar timelines. And sometimes you're doing these practices and your partner is absolutely not into it or sometimes is even angered by it or really dislikes it. So there's a few different, you know, ways that you need to approach that. But I think foundationally, the way to invoke change in others is to focus on changing and transforming yourself. <laughs> Even saying that I want to be I want to roll my eyes, right? Like I know that's so trite and I know it's so simplistic to say 
you know, we've all heard the quote, be the change you wish to see. And the hardest place for that to take root sometimes is within our own families, um, being that change we wish to see because it does take time, consistency, and concerted effort to see the payoff from that, you know, just like it took us the amount of time it took to enter our healing journey. And we have to maneuver through whatever our unique recipe is to heal ourselves. It requires something, right? It requires sacrifice. It requires time. It requires investment in oneself and faith in so many different ways. And the idea that we'd be doing all of this hard work and that someone in our life who hasn't started yet um, would be able to meet us where we're at, you know, I think let's just take some of the pressure off. We have to move into patience with the people in our lives. And you know, to be honest, all of us need proof of concept sometimes, you know. So I think to answer the question, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing it and do it well. Do it well and do it out loud, but not in a way that's like, come look at me, come look at me, notice what I'm doing or see, I told you that's why you should do it. Let your life be the proof you know, it may take a couple weeks, it may take a couple months, it might take the year. But if this person in your life, and I, I believe in the question, it was asked uh, for a spouse, if this is someone that really matters to you, and you feel intuitively guided and led to be in partnership with this person, that's a big investigation, right? Because the answer isn't always going to be yes to that. Um, but if you do, then be patient with yourself and with them. Um, but I would say that if that person in your life is in any way shaming you, making fun of you, trying to minimize the changes that you're making, um, you know, that might not be the safest, most aligned place to be. But when it comes to the people in our lives, sometimes we have to prove concept and proving concept means maybe for a year, you find ways to regulate yourself in their presence that they're not aware of. You know, you change your behavior towards them, come into neutrality with them, come into non-expectation with them. Um, and I've just seen just so often over and over again in personal experience for myself and people in my life for clients, 99% of the time, there will be a change and that person will seek you out and actually ask for your help and ask for your support and ask for your wisdom as they embark on their own journey or at the bare minimum, they'll start to get curious. You know, they'll get curious about what you're doing and how life is able to move in the way that it does for you. And often that's the biggest motivation for someone else to change when they see you living your truth and you're a direct result of the work that you're asking them to do, just let them observe, you know, let them observe, trust, remove expectation, detach from outcome, but keep doing what you're led to do for yourself. Um, and the people in your life will either come on board and slowly and in a way that is deeply inspired by you begin to make the unique shifts that are best for them or You'll have the space and capacity to make room and clear space from having those people uh, positioned as closely to you as they are. 
And then you'll start calling in the more aligned connections and the more aligned relationships and friendships. And it all comes. It all comes. Um, So I hope that answered the question. I had a little bit of tech difficulty in the middle of answering it. So things shifted a bit. But yeah. So I love doing these Q&A episodes. I hope to do more in the future. If you have questions, um, you can always DM them to me at Debbie Brown on IG. And make sure you check out our YouTube. Uh, All the videos for each episode that I have that's an interview with a guest are featured on my YouTube page, Debbie Brown Wellbeing. Um, And there's some cool community forming over there. So for today's soul work, for today's soul work, I want to send off on asking you to find something to watch, to read, or participate with that feeds a greater curiosity you have about life. So this work isn't as closely related to your self-introspection, but it is related in really activating and elevating the way curiosity moves in your life and the way your consciousness is able to upgrade and expand regularly. Um, So at the beginning of this episode, I shared a couple of things that I was watching and some of the deeper layers of where my brain and heart went with them (laughs) based on my own curiosities, which is very often like evolution and trauma. (laughs) So what are your curiosities? What are the things that really have no greater bearing on your life, but kind of continuously you notice fascinates you, intrigue you, or you'll spend a little more time going on a rabbit hole about it and take some time to investigate the thoughts you have about it and maybe write those down. Um, Start noticing what those curiosities are, no matter how big or small, and see if you can see a common thread. Journal about it a little, you know, ask yourself, why has this interested you? How long has it interested you? Where does your mind go? What are some of the deeper layers you notice this interest, this curiosity is connected to, especially in terms of who you are, the way you show up, your purpose, the work you do or the work you wish to do. Yeah. Thank you for joining me for this episode. We will be back next week. Um, Join us on Instagram. We have an Instagram page at Deeply Well Pod and our YouTube page. Big love. Namaste. Namaste. Connect with me on social at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Deeply Well is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees Thomas, Samantha Timmons, and me, Debbie Brown. The beautiful sound bath you heard? That's by Gerilyn Glass from Crystal Cadence. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. 
AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.